0: Adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! E sole, a letto, presto e se ne va, ce la fa più, ce la fa più. La notte adesso scende con le sue mani fredde, si di mai, quanto freddo fa...
1: Welcome to Rete This Way, I'm your host Paolo Mangoni, Uh, welcome to Michael, don't call me Mishbel D'Angelo, Hi. <laughs> Julian, don't call me Paju D'Angelo.
0: <laughs> Is Julian there? Julian, welcome. He took, he took offense to the name and he just logged off.
1: And <laughs> 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 Mr. Chris Basselli, welcome.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Okay, so uh, it was a cold night for Roma. Let's start off with uh, with the Rome derby, ladies and gentlemen. So it was uh, three nothing. Lazio. Lazio dominated. Uh, Roma had one shot all game. Uh, Immobile scored in the 14th minute after uh, Ibanez' mistake. Uh, Lazzari picked up the picked up the ball and slotted a pass to Immobile uh, for the for the second goal. This is where the controversy begins. Uh so uh Lazzi made his way into the box after a through ball, slipped, fell, uh seemed to have touched his hand. We have we have seen them call uh back before. Uh even just a slight of of uh, unintentional contact would be considered a handball in today's game. Uh nothing was called. Uh Lazzi uh, got up, uh passed it to um Luis Alberto who uh slaughtered in for two nothing. And then in the second half uh, it was a dagger in the heart. Uh, Luis Roberto, uh, f- uh scored from twenty yards out. Uh, guys, what do we think of this performance?
0: I was very, very surprised. I mean, I think these games are always heated, and you know they're difficult to predict. And uh, I mean, I would have predicted a Roma win, or I did predict a Roma win, but this was just like a shit performance from Roma, and I think this is this just supports the argument as to why Roma you know can't finish top 4 with the way they're currently set up. Uh I was, you know, kind of pumping the tires of the the Roma bandwagon. Uh but I think I'm I'm going to jump off now if if it's safe to do so cuz uh that was just a terrible performance and you know they obviously still in Europa League so as their schedule picks up I I don't, I don't see if I don't I'm not confident in them putting in strong performances when it matters most going forward.
1: Okay so another question that i have cuz you know um, you know my um streak that i have against against Lazio right your uh, main streak yeah. <laughs> you love Lazio probably <laughs> so we uh, Christopher talking about a, a a very poor performance so um Roma has no wins against top clubs uh but you know they they do very well uh against you know the the teams on the right side of, uh, of the table. Mm. So again, my, my question now is, since they don't have win against top clubs, do, do we still consider Lazio a
2: provincial mentality team? <laughs> I'll, let, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll, let, I'll let one of you guys go. <laughs> well, I don't think so. I mean, they came out and they kind of deservedly won this derby, which was a huge game for them. Yes, Lazio, they've been a little bit inconsistent this year. Um, but I mean, I think we've seen when they're on their game, they're they're still that same team as last year, right? They beat Dortmund three nothing earlier on this year. They just beat Roma three nothing in a huge derby. Like they do have that potential. They just need to kind of consistently put it together.
3: Yeah, and that's a good point. I was going to mention that too. That it wasn't so long ago that again they were they were probably uh, the greater threat to win the Scudetto last year, right? If it, if all else was being equal, you know, kind of pre-pandemic so it you know it's not surprising again that they can find some sort of form it is surprising for me that Roma just sucked that bad but um yeah that's uh, it's unfortunate for them they still they're still in fourth at this point but who knows for how long
1: okay so on the opposite side why do you what do you guys think uh Roma are struggling against the uh, against the top clubs a provincial mentality
2: uh for me Um, go ahead julian go ahead i was just gonna say like i don't think they have the same skill level as the other top clubs like they're not a bad team on paper but if you look at their midfielders especially with zaniolo out like it's not that much of a threat in my opinion
0: yeah i'll I'll piggyback off that i was just gonna say i don't think the the talent is there for them to be a top four team. And again, I think they were trending that way just with the way they were playing. But like realistically, like uh VR, who started in midfield beside Vertu, I don't know if he's a Champions League quality player. You know, Vertu is kind of that, you know, like you know, your grinta guy. Um, you know, in the back, you know, I know Ibanez is gonna get shit on for his performance, but he is very inconsistent. you know our, our friend Luca will tell you that. But uh <laughs> Who else was there? Karzorf, another one. I'm not a huge fan of his. Um and then I mean Zeko, I I like him. I think he's still a good Seti app player, but he's, you know, thirty four now, maybe thirty-five. Obviously his better days are behind him. So yeah, I just don't think the talent is there um, for them to make
2: a top four push from what we're seeing right now, anyways. I just also before I move on, just quickly like to point out that Palacio's third win in a row, actually, so Maybe they've kind of turned a corner and are starting to hit their stride. Well, uh, I I think I can
1: answer that. Uh, that's probably because we haven't played Champions League until since what November.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, uh, when they don't have to again, again, when they don't have to focus on Europe, it, it, they're able to, uh, you know, turn their form around. It's probably the same thing with Atlanta as well.
3: I just want to note though too, it ha- it just like it hasn't been long since they were competing it has also hasn't been long since november or whenever it was that we were talking about how potentially inzaghi's you know seat was was very hot right so it's Mm -hmm. this is kind of maybe a reaction to um i mean they were also going through a tough spell like they had to face milan right at the end of december whenever it was right? right so it's Maybe this is again. They they turn that that corner and now they're able to kind of okay. Now let's solidify ourselves and, and again maybe that's just a point that the squad is is kind of rallying behind their coach to make sure that he is staying there.
1: Very good point, Thank Michael. You. Uh, so on on that, uh, how many points um, do I have? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Again, the points don't matter. So, it's <laughs> yeah, but the rest of them have zero. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's keep this power through uh, to we hit our next in-depth match. Um, next game after that was uh, bologna Hellas verona uh, Bologna won one nothing on an Orsolini pk uh, So that's the first win since November 29th, which was against Crotone. Torino tied Spezia 0-0. Uh, Spezio went down to 10 men for 80 minutes, and <laughs> there was nothing done. Mm-hmm. Um, Sampdoria beat Udinese 2-1. Uh, Condreva and Torre Grossa led the comeback as De Paul scored first in the 55th minute. Uh, also, Torre Grossa scored on his debut. Good for him. Uh, Napoli demolished Charentina at 6-0. So Insigne with two, Deme in the thirty six, Lozano 38th. Uh, Zelinski 45th at halftime, uh, Pulitown on the 89th. Uh, and then uh, yeah. we'll get into Napoli for our Super Cup preview. And and uh, Chris, we're at our
0: next game Crotone and Benevento. So before I go into the details, just so everybody knows, or reminder, uh, right Rete this way, we're on a uh, <laughs> kind of like a, a podcast. Uh, group where every week, you know, each podcast predicts the scores for two different set of games and we all get, you know, points accordingly. And so the four of us usually kind of chime in and uh, this game came up and hold I on, said... hold on, hold on, Chris, hold on. Do you, should I get some tissues <laughs> here? Like, are you going to jerk yourself <laughs> off a little bit more first? <laughs> Can you hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I said, you know, it's going to be a draw. And then the three of you said, what? We, we call the Benavento win. Benavento win. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so I was very happy when Crotone was right because it made me feel good about myself and I get to come on here <laughs> and, and remind you guys. But uh, yeah, so very, very good win for Crotone. Um, OG on goal inside of five minutes. It was uh, knotted in by Glick. After, uh, I think he was challenging me for it. Um, so that made it 1-0 early. And then speaking of CME, he actually got the second goal after a great counter-attack for Crotone. Uh, Crotone is looking more and more like that uh, that team that drew Juve a couple of weeks back. So good for them. Um, it wasn't a goal, but Hetemai uh, <laughs> um, uh, had a fantastic volley kind of over the shoulder. Uh, and it was met by an even, I think, an even better save from uh, Benevento's goalkeeper, uh, Cordaz, uh, former Inter goalkeeper, as uh, Julian pointed out offline. Well, Hold on, hold on. Cordaz is the uh, Crotone keeper. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Montipo. Oh, uh, sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's my, my, my fault. Uh, and then Simi ended up getting his second goal early in the second half, which essentially uh, wrapped up the three points for uh, Crotone. It ended up finishing 4-1 after uh, Benevento got a consolation goal. So uh, Benevento now have lost three of their last five. Uh, and this was kind of their chance to really pull away from that relegation pack. Uh, the win would have put them at, I think it's 24 points. Um, and Crotone are now on 12 points, only two back of uh, Cagliari who are in the 17th.
1: So um, my question to you is, does this win relieve some of the pressure that uh, Stropo was feeling?
0: I would say so. I mean, this is a, a big game for both clubs, not only because of where they are, in, this, in the table, but because they're the, you know, two of the promoted clubs, you always want to grab points against that group when you can. So I think it gives them another, you know, couple of weeks, this, to say the very least. I mean, uh, like I said, two points back of Cagliari. So if things go their way next week, they could be out of the drop zone, so. Uh,
1: just for... Um... Historical purposes. That was uh, Cortona's first win since December twenty second, and the third win of the season, which is more than Torino and Parma. Yes. Uh, um, right. yeah. So uh, another point, like at the, at the beginning of the season, um, you know, Benevento was the promoted team that was winning, stealing points uh, against uh, against <clears throat> Juventus. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so do, uh, do you think that now? Uh, there 's a crisis at Benevento uh, people are trying to are, are figuring out Inzaghi, filippo Inzaghi's uh, tactics, which is a bit more offensive a bit more open than some of the other promoted teams
3: uh, crisis i don 't know about crisis i think it's it was always probably bound to happen when you surprise enough teams um, but I think more surprising is again that they 've been almost blown out the last two games whereas they kind of were in a lot more of the games right before this so it 's um, again, I'm not sure if, uh, saying that, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much that really plays into it, but I think that, um, it's definitely not going to get easier for them too, at this point. Right. Cause again, now people are teams maybe earlier when they were maybe taking advantage of teams that weren't really prepared for the season, um, at this point, you know, you're kind of right in the thick of things. So maybe this means that, you know, a team like, you know, Bologna, maybe even Spezia can pass them too.
2: Yeah, I don't Um, know if I'd call it a crisis yet. Um, Keep in mind, though, I just wanted to mention that their captain, uh, Luca Calderola, he also tore his ACL earlier on in the year. Um, And I mean, he was the centre-back beside Glick, so I think that could also be part of the reason why they've kind of started to lose their way. Like, he's an important player for them. Um
1: so, so are you guys uh Chris, like I know you wanted to comment on uh, Messias, so mm-hmm. like
0: how, how good is this player? He's uh he's starting to really come on. He's he's dynamic and he's one of those there aren't too many players on Crotone that can uh I know it's a bit of a cliche by now, but make something happen out of nothing, so to speak. Um so he's able to do that, which frees up space on uh, other places on the field and um he didn't directly get, I guess onto the into the box score. I don't think he has officially assisted any of the goals, but uh, did have a, an impact on the game. So, um, yeah, definitely a strong player for, for them right now. Um, they almost need another player like him to really start to impact games more consistently, but he is playing
2: well. Do you guys right. know... Um, Go ahead. Sorry, do you guys know the story of Macias? Actually, it's actually... They mentioned it when Kokona was playing Inter, and I just looked it up, and it's actually pretty crazy. No. Go ahead. Tell um, us. So he came to Italy in 2011 when he was 20. um, And he was actually a home appliance delivery man. Hmm. Um, But one day he met former Torino coach Ezio Rossi. um, And he tried to take him to Fossano, but he said he needed the salary for his family. So he didn't want to leave his job. Um, But then he brought him to Casale, which were in the fifth level of Calcio. And he kind of started climbing from there. Wow. So in the end, twenty fifteen, he was in Serie D. In twenty seventeen, Vercelli tried to sign him, but they couldn't. And then about a year ago, he got a call from Crotone. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because he was in he was in Serie B last season, if I remember
1: correctly. Yeah, with Crotone. Yeah. yeah, and cool. then and that's when that's when again my, caught my eye because I, I you know sometimes I watch Serie B when when I can, and. Uh, he, he was a talent, but you know no one expected him to uh blow out and you know it was one of the reasons why actually croton had do now have a fighting chance to survive the season um i know anyway, i am i'm looking uh we'll get into our transfer segment uh later on in the episode but uh maybe Stropa is right that they definitely need a you know a lot of signings to kind of uh stay up this season what do you think Chris, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do roundtable.
0: They'll definitely need help again. We've talked about this in you know past episodes. It's it's just tough for clubs like them, who don't have you know the money lying around to do it. So if there's a young player out there that's willing to go out on loan, then you know great for them. But it's usually slim pickings this time of year for clubs of their stature.
3: Mike Julian, anything to add? Nah, uh, ditto. I think like Chris said, it's it's going to be hard for them to kind of lure people. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know if they. I don't know if they need to, to stay up. I think there's some teams that are struggling enough that maybe they can pass them if just, if they play, you know, with their, to the best of their abilities, but you know, at this cause again, it's still close at this point, like you said, they're only two points out of, out of the relegation
0: zone. So.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's one game a week for them for the rest of the year. Right. So yeah. Uh, squad depth isn't as important, right. but still a factor. Yeah.
1: So, Michael, you were talking about how uh, other teams, uh, you know, could play worse. Actually, they play Fiorentina next game. Corona plays Fiorentina uh, next weekend. Uh, so, definitely a, a winnable game considering that, you know, Fiorentina uh, got smacked 6-0. By, uh, by yeah, and we're talking
3: about teams that have, that have been clawing themselves back. And Fiorentina are one of them, right? Like, that surprise win against Juventus at least gave them a little bit more uh, confidence, perhaps, over the next couple of weeks because, they again, they were almost... I think they were in 18th at one point. Now they're up in 14th. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian, anything bad? No, I kind of agree with you guys. I think they can use whatever help they can get. Um, but, I mean, if they're... They've showed like signs of life in some games, and if they can kind of continue to do that, I mean, they might be able to rely on other teams dropping as opposed mm-hmm. to them necessarily needing to claw their way yeah. out.
1: Okay, that was a good discussion about Crotone. Let's uh move on quickly through uh, Sassuolo Parma. Uh, George scored a ninety fourth minute PK to uh, draw one one against Parma. Uh, so again, just quickly a big point for both teams. Uh, Parma are of course in the relegation race, uh, and Sassuolo were without were without Boga Locatelli and Variety, among others. So a massive massive point for Sassuolo to come back of that game. Uh, Genoa sorry, excuse me. Yeah, Genoa tied Atlanta zero zero. Uh so Atalanta uh, Atlanta have tied Genoa and Spezia at zero zero. And this draw ends their uh four game win streak. Uh also uh Genoa moved two points out of the relegation zone. All right.
3: We can probably go through quickly Amazing. over the next one, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so the reason cool, I didn't I'll answer. Let- yeah. I'll, Julian, reason... I'll let you start. I'll let you start, since uh, your your team won. <laughs> so the reason I didn't answer the opening was because I was trying to play this, but I guess it didn't pick up. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys could hear it. I'm on my laptop here, um, but yeah. So of course we have the Derby d'Italia. Um, I mean. Inter hadn't won, I think, since 2016, so I was very, very nervous going into the game, um, especially after, what was it, seven, eight minutes or so when we thought Juve had broken a deadlock, but it was correctly ruled offside. Um, and then, honestly, from that point on, it was a one-team game. Inter opened the scoring with uh, with Vidal off a cross from Borello, who was left literally wide open with about 20 yards of space to swing it across. Um, overloaded the back post. Vidal cut in front of Danilo, who also had to worry about Ashley Young behind him. Um, And then from there, Martinez missed a sitter, which kind of sucked. Lukaku missed another good chance towards the end of the half. Um, Juve really didn't provide that much pressure. They didn't really have much going forward. I know Inter kind of sat back and let them kind of try and break them down, and they just didn't seem able to. Um, Early on in the second half, Inter got their second goal they desperately needed from an unbelievable pass from Bastoni, which is our goal of the week this week. Yeah. I'm a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Scarpino andano dice prima di servire Bastoni va in profondità. Quest'ultimo centro il mete e solo Barella davanti a Sesti. Barella Barella destra! Il raddoppio dell'Inter! Esattamente! Al settimo minuto! Nel corso del secondo tempo! Cambia il parziale a San Zero! Ancora l'Inter!
2: Nicolò Barella che ha... um. But here at the other end
3: Perello is in
2: behind! It's two! Oh, <laughs> he has been but high pitch screaming is apparently <laughs> Lukaku <laughs> of all people. Love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I—I I mean, I jumped off my seat when I saw this goal. I was not expecting that pass. Um, now I know we'll get into it once the game review is done. But that was a pure said play from Inter. Um, if you go back and watch, you see as soon as Bastoni gets the ball and cuts the field, both Vidal and Martinez are pointing down the field to Barella. So whether that was Conte who saw something and they implemented it at halftime or even leading up into the game, um, they were able to pull both centre-backs away from the middle of the field and that left a wide-open strip for Barella. Um, and then moving forward, into I mean, recently they had their loss against Sampdoria. They had their last-minute draw against Roma. So, I mean, I was still kind of a little nervous, but they actually... Closed out the game fairly well and then made a nice save on Chiesa towards the end of the game um, and finished 2-0. Just want to say Barella was legit the best player on the pitch. I haven't seen him play that well for Inter ever. So that was very, very, very good performance from him. Um, And another bit of an undeserved credit goes to Brozovic. I know a lot of Inter players were giving him credit, but he, sorry, Inter fans were giving him credit, um, but he ran that midfield all game. You go back and watch whenever Enter's trying to break out of their zone, they always build up from the back. The play always, always, always runs through Brozovic. Uh
1: so Michael, I'll give you a chance to respond. Uh, but I just wanted to mention we'll do a tactical breakdown with uh, Mr. Chris on that second goal. Okay, go ahead, no, Michael. I mean um
3: I, I don't know what there is to add. Like Julian kind of went through a lot of it. That you were flat.
1: Well this is your chance <laughs> to vent. I don't I don't even <laughs> feel the need
3: to. Like it's this this was <laughs> this was a very important game. And again, Pirlo said it like they, they didn't, they didn't play well. They didn't deserve anything from this. Right. So they, they they didn't show up. Uh, they should have just stayed home. Uh, it's, it's again, just sad again, based on what they were kind of going on. They had three wins, I think in a row, they'd beat Milan. Their hopes were starting to look up and then they just lay this massive egg. Um, just because like, it doesn't make any sense unless they were all hung over. You know, like I, I I don't I don't get it. I literally don't get it. It's that and punch abruzzo. That's it. They had <laughs> too much punch abruzzo. <laughs> and uh I guess we'll talk about the uh the the goal, the second goal there that's the goal of the week, but um I mean, you were saying Julian that maybe Vidal or Conte saw something back there. Yeah, they saw Bonucci Back there, and and actually, Bonucci <laughs> wasn't back there. He, he was in the midfield. He was somewhere fucking, I don't know, fucking the dog with Lataro somewhere. So he was. <laughs> uh, it's it's just I don't know. I I don't want to uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but this is a very dead zebra.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, it was so... not a good game, and like Inter, I mean Inter destroyed the midfield oh, battle. Oh, a bit close, oh, absolutely. Honestly, that's where okay. the game was won.
1: That's okay. I was about to mention. I'm like you. Okay, so you're playing. You come off a win against mine, right? Okay, and then you decide to play. Okay, the next game will be against the Swallow. Barely, barely won that one. Let's let's be honest. And then and then you, you play it against your biggest rivals, and you decide to start Rabio and
0: Su. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's your first problem, number one. And then people saying, "Oh, they dominated the midfield." Yeah, because you put two fucking dead horses in the middle of hey, that, hey, the midfield. Hey. I
3: think you find a new metaphor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, listen, I can I can be more more vocal, but I don't I don't I'm not in the mood. It's for, it, sh- it should for be it should be noted, right Apollo.
3: Like again, key injuries: the leaks out, right? Like DiBella's out. Those are those are important yeah. things to note. But none of the players who were playing who are starting. You know, eleven qualities. St- yeah, starters, right? Yeah, they none of them showed up for the fucking game. Like they did.
1: No, the uh, only. Rand- uh, sorry, I'm sorry, but Ramsey. I usually defend Ramsey, but God, good guy. That was that was off of watch. Like in I, my uh,
2: opinion, uh, the only UV player who showed up was Keeley. Seriously, I thought he agreed, had a solid agreed, game. Marking taku. Other than that, though, there was nobody else who showed up for that game. Well, uh, again, like quickly. It- um, he was left out to dry. We'll
1: talk about it in a second. Uh, I want to focus on uh, Ronaldo as well. I mean, I didn't see anything. I mean, and no one's no one's talking about him, and 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 for good reason. I mean, like, and this was the problem that I had when Juventus bought him in the first place was you rely on him, and then when he doesn't show up, there's no one to kind of um, in the in lurking in the background without again the ball is injured but to kind of rescue the game at that point. I mean, when when he doesn't show up, who's there?
0: Kulisovsky. No one. <laughs> Morata's there, but yeah, he's offside. <laughs> but, yeah, but he's...
1: So, he, uh, you could have started Kulisovsky as well, instead of, for, again, for both that, his ass absolutely, absolutely kicked. We could, I could have I said that. You're going up against Himi. It was almost... I mean, I, I was saying that against Calabria, that, what, but he didn't play on the right. Yeah. But... You're going again. You're going up against Hakimi, and you play for Bosta who has never played in Syria before this season. I mean, at least Kuliseski has had Syria experience and has the speed to kind of cope with uh, with Hakimi. But um, again, and then and then Kiesa, I don't know. I I I better stop. Okay, Chris. It's time <laughs> for the uh, tactical breakdown for the second goal. Uh,
0: yeah. Just one thing first. <laughs> 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 oh, I forgot to play something too. Hold on. Actually, I'll play later. So, first of all, I do have to thank uh, Nima uh, for for retweeting that, and I have probably played that about a hundred times since Nima since I came across my Twitter timeline. So, thank you, Nima. Uh, Mike, sorry you wanted to play uh, play something. No, just
3: if we were gonna, I'll let you finish up the um, the tactical breakdown, and then I'll 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 just wrap it up before we move on to Milan.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, so I guess, firstly, um, was it not a four-four-two sort 2 so to speak, from Juve? Like, on paper, anyways? In- no, yeah. no, no, it was a 0-0-0. Yeah, yeah. zero, zero, <laughs> zero. There
3: were no players there.
0: 18 on the bench. Exactly. Um, yeah, so the one thing I, I noted, and I think the commentators on the DAZN feed, anyways, also pointed out, was that in possession, anyways, Frabotta was essentially, like, an outside midfielder. And then the outside midfielder on that side was kind of tucking in almost like an inside forward. Anyway, so I think what Conte saw and what led to the second goal was that in transition, Frabotta was almost towards the sidelines when Juve had possession. So that space between Frabotta and I guess Chiellini at that point was already big. And then what happened in that transition was Martinez dropped towards the ball and so did Vidal. And then that's kind of where Bonucci and Kilini's uh, yeah. attention went towards. And then Barella just took advantage of that space in between Frabotta and Kilini, And neither one of them are fast enough to catch him from there. And it was just, uh, like you said, Julian, it was a brilliant ball uh, and, and a good finish to Barella's credit as well. So I think it was just, it was, uh, you know, Juve trying to do the right thing with Frabotta in possession, getting him wide, but that's always the, the risk uh, is in transition can he get back quick enough or is your center back smart enough to cover that gap and Inter just took advantage of their, you know, uh, slower reaction time from Juve. And that's how I saw that goal play out.
2: It was or just was to a- add on to that quickly. It was because they were man marking. They knew Chiellini was sticking on Lukaku the whole time. And then Benucci was on Lateral. So that play I think was the only time all game Lukaku was on the left side of the pitch. Lotero dropped deep and then Lukaku shifted up towards the left, which pulled Kilini a little yeah, bit more. And then that gap was wide open. So then, if they were playing, if they were main marking, then
1: shouldn't have for to have covered, you know, Barella as he moved, uh,
2: to, like as he, as he tried to break forward. It, and, but that's the whole thing with Hakimi. Yeah, that's the thing. You always got to watch Hakimi, because he freaking runs like a cheetah. So,
1: so then, then in that, if that's the case, then the blame should fall on Benton Coor, who's technically his his job was to cover that area of the field. Which, again, goes goes to my point where he played absolutely shit. And then when when McKinney came on, it was a totally different game. And, uh, I mean, the the Italian newspapers were asking, well, how come he didn't start from the beginning?
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean on any goal, any goal on most goals, you can always say, you know, blame this person, blame that person. Um, I think at the end of the day, just credit has to go to, you know, Conte, Conte and his staff. And then, you know, the players for executing it, because uh, in any system, you know, whether it's man-to-man, zonal or a mix, there's always going to be a gap somewhere. And it's up to the players to find those gaps. And that's where the good players, you know, get recognized as the ones who can more often than not find those gaps. So, um, yeah, I think it was just it was a breakdown defensively. Yes, we acknowledge that, but Inter had to execute, and and they did. So um, I wouldn't focus so much on who to blame, but more so the you know who to who to praise. I guess
3: no, that's fair. And again, because they they opened uh, literally like a can opener, right? They just opened up the game at that point. They they hmm. took what they wanted to take, and again, that's the, credit for seeing that Conte for I guess drawing it up, if that's what indeed has happened. But at least, again, to your point, like the the players to actually execute that and, and find the space, Vidal and everyone who was pointing to, pointing that out for everybody, right? Like it's huge. It was, it was a massive yeah. play.
1: So you guys mentioned how you know how Killini was the only player uh, on Juventus that actually you know had quote unquote a decent game. Uh, I mean, for me, I felt like he was um, thrown under the bus. He was left out to drive by his defensive partner because. For me, um, you know, a center back is not does not you know man mark past midfield, especially in the sense that uh, you know once you pass the the, the 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 midway line, there's no there's no point of any offside. I mean, the the if they're trying to go for an offside trap, completely <laughs> failed because there was no even no straight line across across the back. So the, for me, just watching that. It goes to show that Pele's um, uh, comments just were infuriating to, to read. After saying that, they it, it felt like they were, that they weren't even prepared. Well, it showed, and I, it didn't feel like it actually showed on that goal. And that's the most infor- uh, infuriating part when you're going up against your main rival after you know re- technically rescuing your season against Milan and then pissing away against, uh, against with, a, with a bad performance against. Yeah, them. I think again
3: to what Chris was saying, like, again, that, that play specifically, I can't, it was just a great play executed perfectly. Um, I think it's important to note though, that uh Pirlo is, looks like, again, it's not the first time this season that he's been out managed, right? Like there's just, there's multiple times throughout this, uh, these 17 games, whatever it's been, uh, where he just – he doesn't have the answers, right? He he should have been able to provide something to change his game around. They weren't flat for, for 10 minutes. They were flat for 90. So there was something here that didn't yeah. just click. And, again, to just do that against a team that, yeah, again, it's your biggest rival. Um, but, yeah, it's your point. Like, you, you rescued your season. Now you just flush it down the toilet again.
1: Okay, so, Michael, since you're the – since I'm hosting, you're the resident this uh, yes. 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 fan for today. Um, do, you, do you sack uh, them? It's
3: hard. I, I mean, I, I probably don't still, um, just because it's I don't see the benefit at this point. Like, I, I don't think, I don't know. It, if, if Milan and Inter, like, just shit the bed the rest of the season, there's a chance that you're going to, you know, even if someone comes in and, and kills it, um, I, I still don't see them making up that ten point gap. I think it's probably lost at this point because it's it's a big enough gap. Uh, I, I think you need to reevaluate what you're doing and what you're building. I think if Pirlo is in fact the guy you want behind the bench and you know that he can, I I, I don't doubt that he can grow. There's there's no there's no doubt in my mind that this is not his best, and I think he can do better. I just want to see. Or I want to, I want to believe what, whatever plan they have in place, whatever they're going to do to, to fortify the rest of the squad, they need to do. And they need to start doing it in this window. They need to do something first, like before this window closes. And then early in the summer, they need to make sure that they're finding whatever money they need to to replace Leonardo Bonucci. There's no question in my mind that that guy needs to go. <laughs> and it's not even a joke anymore. Like it's, it's evident that this guy, every game... Every game, he is the one who's causing these issues a lot of the time. So,
2: but they they already have his replacement, right? They have Delegue, the they have Demerol. Then like, shoot this oh,
1: Why did exactly. Demerol the fucking why play? Why did not fucking play? That?
3: Then, like it's it's insanity. It's it's literally insanity to say, hey, we need to we need to play better. We need to have the right approach when you have this fucking clown as your. It would be captain if Killini wasn't in the squad. I'll end with this, I'll end with this, <laughs> okay. uh, just because, again, this is the best way to, um, I think, just describe uh, their situation at this point. There's a no really time to relax and drink <laughs> an espresso for you, which is not espresso.
0: That's it. The
2: man, the myth, the legend. Uh, <laughs> I'll say just quickly, I... As I said many times before with Conte, I don't think Pirlo gets sacked unless top four is in a serious jeopardy. That's well, my opinion.
1: It, it, it potentially is. The I,
3: no, I, I don't think so. And I, don't, I don't think I'm, it I'm is. I'm going to leave it there. I think that's still wide open at this point. If he doesn't get it, that's a different story. But I think he, they're still in contention for top four. They're still in contention for Champions League because they need, again, it, you're right, Julian, if they miss that, you know, the money of Champions League, that's going to be a massive uh, detriment to the season, next season, et cetera, right? Uh, but I think again at this point they're they're right in the thick of that. So I think as long as he can maintain that, you're right, Julian. I think there is a little bit of safety
1: there. But but just imagine, you know, you you sack Sari because we're, we're, again I'm I'm beating. Uh, we already went over this a bunch of times early on in the season, but. Just imagine the thought process. Okay, well, I'm going to sack Sari because the players have been revolting, okay? But uh, I'm going to put them with uh, someone who's inexperienced and it may cost a season where we, we could break records in winning uh, a 10 great Scudetto and potentially the first season without any titles since 20- 2009, 2010. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... That's... that's yeah. For me, that's the most well. No, I think as him. long as the
3: players aren't revolting at this point, but I mean, what are the who are those players? Like, do, do you care if they're fucking revolting? Like, again, if it's Bonucci who didn't give a fuck for sorry, I don't think it was actually, I think he, he did like him, but if it's you know,
1: no, it, it was it was Bonucci that didn't, like it was the the senators, we'll call them the senators, the older players uh, that that kind of didn't appreciate uh his of, of their fucking play, of, of Bonucci's uh, stale. Yeah, well, good. He should have been
3: yeah. uh, bad-mouthing him. Yeah. In any case, again, I think you've chosen your you, – they, they had the opportunity this off season to choose their coach. They chose to just keep Pirlo, who they just hired in their Primavera squad. So they've made their decision, their sporting decision. They need to live with that decision, in my opinion, and, and decide for themselves, okay, well, what does this mean? Again, if, we're, if this means that this season is lost, this season is lost in terms of Scudetto – Again, make sure that you're positioning yourself properly for if Champions League is a, is, a, is a goal, is a realistic goal, find out how to beat the teams that you need to beat and only worry about that in Europe. And if you can't do that, then start to plan for next season because this isn't acceptable going forward either, right? It's not over. The season's right. not over. We're talking like it's, um, it's, it's the 39th match or whatever, 38th match day and, and you know they lost by 10 points. But 10 points is a lot of space to make up. So I, I just don't see them doing it.
1: Well, it's, uh, from, the reason why I'm so apocalyptic is because uh it's not like that. They exactly. Well it, exactly.
3: And and that like, would have been so you know? much more acceptable, right? Playing well and, and you losing to nothing. You know, that's yeah. the breaks. There was two counters, whatever the hell it was. But they didn't play. No.
2: That's a, yeah, the, didn't
1: fun. they only have one shot? The yeah, Chiesa, Chiesa the shot
2: was, yeah. in, and that was, was a nice shot. Bro- they had a couple. The Chiesa shot. I know Ronaldo, Ronaldo had one. That was like 25, 30 yards out right out of Danovich. So,
1: uh, so Julian, uh, just to close on a moment of levity. Was yeah. that a pass to Lukaku? <laughs>
2: uh, no, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> so, people, the reason why we said that is because a so-called Juventus expert... <laughs> Said that, that that was a pass to Lukaku.
2: I missed so it. I'm want to throw Lukaku. it out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. again, no, we don't name names on this show, but if people who have a uh, follow Syria on Twitter will know who this kid <laughs> oh <my> is. God. <laughs> Moving See
3: on. See if we can get him on the pod. <laughs>
0: yeah, fuck that.
1: I only we
0: only got Whoa, on wow. people. Hey. all hey. four of us are on this pod,
3: so man. I think we uh, <laughs> kind of broke those barriers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 all right, Chris, your team won They day. did, they Explain. did. So I actually admit I was nervous going into this one, only because, and I guess just to kind of preface all that, no, no Teo Hernandez, no Benessere. Uh, no Leao, no Chalunoglu, and no Rebic. So five starters, four and a half starters, you know, really not playing there. Um, yeah, also nervous though, because I find these are kind of trap games. So, you know, Milan's kind of on the up, you know, top of the table. Caliri is, you know, fighting for relegation, not playing well. And, you know, they come into these games and you never know what can happen. But luckily for Milan, got off to a good start. Uh, Paulo's wish came true. Uh, Milan were awarded a well-deserved pique uh, rigore as we like to say uh Ibra actually stepped up to take it um just a quick refresher Ibra was I think like one for his last four uh, penalty kicks before he got injured Kessie stepped in while he was out and did well so I thought Kessie was gonna take it nonetheless Ibra uh stepped up to the spot and buried it um it was a foul from Liko Yannis, I believe. Uh, Ibra stepped in front of him at the, at the last second there, and Liko Yannis went right through him. Uh, after that, Calabria, of all people, uh, had two great chances. Uh, one shot outside the box, one just inside. Uh, and he's playing with a lot of confidence now, which is great. And I think you're going to get that when you have to play a couple games in midfield. Uh, he's looking very good at right back right now. Uh, it was actually, though, speaking of Calabria, he had a uh, Bastoni-esque through ball uh, that played Ibra in for his second goal and it was actually called offside initially but VAR went and looked at it and uh, brought it back so it was a good goal uh, Simeone uh, had a good chance in the 63rd um, I would expect him to finish it in all honestly uh, obviously I was elated that you know Jijo made the save but I would expect a striker of Simeone's quality to, to score and you know maybe I should question his quality after that one but it is what it is um, disappointing part of the game though no, for me 60 65th minute uh enter Salamackers 74th minute exit Salamakers. so two <laughs> yellows from this idiot in like 8 minutes uh the second tackle the first one okay the second one just like ridiculous like you, you know you're on a yellow there was no question that the second tackle was a yellow um I want to give him a bit of a pass because he's young, but like, nonetheless, like we're lucky it was Caliuri because if it was, you know, a higher table team and it was only one nil at that point, you just screwed it for the entire squad. You know, you came on in the 65th, you had a role to do and you went in and made two stupid tackles. So obviously he's going to be suspended for the next match against Atalanta. I hope he only sends a message and just doesn't play him for the match after that. And the match after that, just to send a message. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm heated in the moment, but like, fuck like you can't do that <laughs> anyways it finished it finished yeah that, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that was it finished yeah, go for milan so they, they remain top of the table uh just quickly to note uh kiair was subbed off at halftime uh, as we would agree guys you know center backs don't really come off unless they're playing terribly or they're injured he wasn't playing terribly so uh we'll see what happens there uh romagnoli did get a yellow in this match as well so he suspended so the center back pairing for the Atalanta match could be uh could be difficult. So uh, but yeah, 2-0 Milan and they got the three points, which is what matters the most. All right, so um Ibra used all quote
1: unquote all of his experience to win that penalty. I'll just leave it at that.
0: Uh and then <clears throat> similar foul uh, on Sotil, <laughs> so till not called. so Sotil, in live time, I actually did think it was a foul. You can go back and look at it, though, and he is grabbing, I think it's Calabria, or no, Diaz. He is grabbing onto Diaz the same that Diaz is grabbing onto him. So I I don't know how you call it when Sotil, who's pulling Diaz down towards him. So um, if it was called, I wouldn't have said much because, like I said, in live time, I thought it was a pen. But when you go back and look at it, you can see that he is grabbing. So there's my argument there. Okay, and then uh, there's another interesting
1: stat uh, I was looking up before the show. Abiso has reffed, uh, has reffed Milan twice this season. <clears throat> Two penalties.
0: Well what, well, what was the other one? This <laughs> uh, one was a good call. Then, what was the other call?
1: It was uh, against Fiorentina. Uh, the penalty against Fiorentina. I don't remember
2: that Let one. me save you time. It was, it was bullshit. bullshit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, supposedly he has uh, refed uh, Milan eight games in his career and has awarded Milan seven
0: pounds. Again, you need you need context. Like, like, go look, go look at those sevens. Like, were those seven justified ones? Or, look, yeah.
1: I, I, I understand. I, I understand. Well, that's for you know people yeah. to make their own decisions. Yes, but I'm just yes. laying out the stats.
0: I see what you're these doing. These are
1: the stats. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Chris, you mentioned uh, Milan's defensive uh, troubles. Uh, well, uh, in terms availability of, um, uh, yeah. players availability exactly.
0: Uh, They play after next game. It's, I mean, right now, assuming Kier's injured, obviously Romagnoli suspended. I don't know what Gabbia's status is. I think it was COVID, but I'm not sure. Anyways, Kalulu will. No, did he blow it? Uh, Maybe. I have to go look into that. So maybe, yeah, we'll we'll rule Gabbia out. Um, Duarte, I believe, has already been sold or something's in the works. So it's good. It'll be Musacchio and Kalulu. Uh, Musakio played 60 minutes in our Copa match against Torino. So he's fit, I guess, but he's not, you know, the quality we're looking for. So if it's just for who's healthy, it's going to be Musakio and Kalulu against, you know, arguably the most, you know, uh, attack minded, yeah, potent, potent club in yeah. Serie A. So it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, Julian, Michael, anything to add on uh, the Milan game? Um.
2: No, I think you guys got most of it. Michael may have a mm. word No, later. I didn't
3: think, don't think so. I think, again, calories have lost. What is it now, Paulo, in a row? At least five. five oh, it was... Uh, ele-
1: no, so Seven? I think they they haven't they have been won in 11 games. I made a, I made a note of that. They haven't won in 11 games and six wait, yeah. six straight you losses.
2: Well, I, I think uh, EDF might be... Uh, they're, they're uh, to I do, yeah. Just, just, one more quick thing
0: uh, before we go to break, though. Again, thank you, Nima. <laughs> okay.
1: And and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, let's take our first break, and we'll be right back.
3: Rated This Way is brought to you by Babu's Cucina Italiana, located in the heart of Manitic, a family-owned and operated Italian restaurant, the perfect spot for a romantic dinner for two or for groups to celebrate special events. For more information, visit babu'scucina.ca.
1: Welcome back to Red To This Way. Uh, before we get into our uh, Super Copa preview, I just want to remind everyone of our handles uh, on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, on Twitter, it's at Red To This Way, Instagram at RTW Calcio. Uh, might as well take the time. Uh, Chris, Michael, who wants to take the lead on our uh, Faces Magazine uh, Award. We'll do, we'll do it at the same time. Chris, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh
3: i think we have it as our. Penalty. you go ahead like i did last week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we have um our faces magazine awards nomination for uh best podcast best sports podcast so if you would please uh go vote for us for uh, a local award that would be fantastic we're very excited about this and we we hope to um uh yeah, we hope to be the winners at the end of the day because uh we really want to be representative of of twitter. We want to represent how big Calcio can be and how big culture should be, especially uh, how much it has to grow in Canada. So uh yeah, please go vote for us there. Again, there's a video showing you how and where uh to do that. Paulo.
1: Thank you, Michael. All right, so let's um let's uh dive into the Italian Super Cup which will be played on Wednesday. Uh, for uh, sponsorship reasons is now known as the PS five super cup. For uh Yeah right? <laughs> really? Yes. Paulo, does this mean we got a PS5? Chris has no, one. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm right, gonna right, start, uh, the let's start super with Happy This let's, is what you're uh, saying. Happily
1: some love since we kind of skipped over uh, their game on the weekend. Uh, I actually watched that game uh, against Fiorentina. So Napoli – sorry, excuse me. Uh, Mertens returned from injury. Uh, Patani picked up a knock, but I was reading today that uh, he was doing some physio work and uh, working out at the gym. So maybe he'll be fit enough to play uh, on Wednesday. And Fabian Ruiz and Osman are still out with the COVID. Uh, Guys, what do you think about Napoli's chances? They're good. We'll start with Chris. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah I'll be quick I uh Napoli's been interesting this year because as we've seen guys like at time they're you know incredible right they're you know scoring you know three or four goals a game you know playing teams off the park and then there are some games uh I don't have their results here up in front of me where they're you know drawing against you know teams that are you know fighting for relegation or the bottom half of the table Obviously, they've been inconsistent, you know, somewhat in Europe as well. So, uh, I hope we get to see the best of Napoli or a better version of them. It, obviously, it's going to suck not having uh, Ruiz and uh, Osman if it's uh, if that ends up being the case. But, um, you know, good to have Mertens back. Lozano's looking okay. So, yeah, I hope we get to see a better version of them. It looks like Gattuso's evolving game-to-game uh, yeah, game with his tactics. Really and, uh, are, I think they're, it should be a good game. Uh, probably the better squad. I
3: think <clears throat> if uh, we're – yeah, I mean, if you're Pirlo, go and uh, go get a trophy. That's it. Do something good. Yeah. Do something good. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> <Enjoy
2: it. laughs> Enjoy it. Um, honestly, I think this one can go either way. Both teams have been a little bit inconsistent this year. Both teams have showed the good and the bad they can do. Um I honestly, I don't know. I think with Napoli, if they're rolling in all cylinders, I think they can win. But I think uh, Noah Osman, I feel like they haven't been the same since he's been out. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I give this one re- to you. Re- interesting.
1: That is interesting because, like, I have uh, no confidence. Pull out, the, pull out the stats.
2: Okay. I mean, this needs to be a <laughs> exactly. response from Juve, right? They need to come out in this and say, like, Last game against center was a fluke. It's not who we are. Well, okay. So, uh, Michael, you wanted stats.
1: Uh, Juventus have lost three of the last five editions of the Italian Super Cup. Uh, so this is, um, uh, Napoli's first appearance since 2014 and their, their first meeting of the of this season because, again, as we all know, the a game was postponed due to COVID. Uh, so again, I was saying earlier in the Serie A review that Juventus are at risk to be um with ha- to finish the season without any titles since 2009 t- 2010, and if if they lose this game, I, I I think that will that's what's gonna happen it's this a season. Certainty. I don't think it's a certainty. Exactly, yeah. And I have a feeling because and uh, you know, again like I said I watched that that Napoli Fiorentina game. I know Fiorentina is not the not the not the best team. But remember that's the Fiorentina team that beat Juventus three nothing. Just wanna remind our listeners out there. Um if Patanya is fit to play, I think he will play uh an important part. I know uh all of us have, have had discussions about whether Patanya has been performing this season. I believe he has. Uh he had two assists uh against um against Fiorentina. Uh so I, I think I think he will have a, a big part to play and, and I think most likely will be Killini. I'm I'm hoping Demiral starts uh, uh, instead of Benucci. But if it's if it's Benucci that's gonna play again, I think Patania is gonna have uh you know a game a game of his life against Benucci. Thoughts? We'll start uh, this time. Julian, then Mike, then
2: Chris. Um, I mean it depends because what we've seen from Pirlo, he may not have Benucci marking Patania. Um, I don't know if Chiellini will be fit enough to go another 90 minutes again. Uh, but maybe we'll see Demerol in. Who knows? I don't know. But if it is Patania against Benucci, then, yeah, I think that's heavily favored in Patania's favor. Michael? Uh,
3: yeah, I think that's a good point, Julian. I don't know if Chiellini can feature the entire game. I think you're right. Demerol's probably going to play. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to my, – my prediction here is that we're going to have a horror show from Benucci just because that's it's a consistent – um no matter what game is happening. Um so that'll happen. I'm I'm calling uh I'm gonna say it's gonna be a uh, it's going extra time. It's gonna be two two. It's going extra time and uh you are gonna lose on penalties.
0: Interesting, Chris? Uh, Yeah, regarding Killini, I don't know. I mean, any other position, like a midfielder or attacker, I think you can play him and say, you know, we'll take him off at 45 or 60. But I think if you're, you know, starting a centre-back, you're starting him because he's at least fit enough to play the whole game. Now, if he starts to play like shit, then yeah, you make that change. But I don't know if you start Killini with the plan to take him off at halftime just because the centre-backs need to be in sync more than anybody else in the pitch, in my opinion. So I'd be surprised if that's the case, but you never know. Regarding Pitania, yes, he, he's, you know, obviously in form. Uh, I think Merton's, you know, playing that false nine role is also an option. So Napoli um, aren't completely uh, out of options. Prediction? I know Mike gave go. his prediction. So uh, Napoli
1: 2-2 after uh, extra time and wins on PKs. Chris, what do you think?
0: Uh, I will say interested. two one Napoli Join. and Juve scores the first goal.
2: Um, I'll go three two Juve. I said Juve's going to win. I feel like Ronaldo's probably going to score a header or a top in or a pen. One okay, of those. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no. I was going to say I think three two is a. I think it'll so be. A I was. Games. I I have a feeling it's going to be two nothing Napoli.
1: I think it's just going to be another fucking sitter from shit show from Juventus. Uh, yeah. I, I, anyway, I'm I'm hoping that they win because I want you know I don't want to finish the season without a a, a title you know for the first time in ten years. So this way you know uh all, the anti-Uve crowd can't say you know zero titles in Italian. Uh, but uh, it's not it's not looking good, people. Um, and and it's definitely a problem. Uh, okay. So that was our uh, that was our uh, preview for. Uh, the Super Cup. Uh, let's move on to our soccer race. Julian, you were mentioning De Francesco.
2: Yeah, so as you mentioned, Caliri, was it 11 yes. games they <laughs> haven't won? Yeah, so I think...
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> I mean, I think we should start with Ham. That's pretty inexcusable for a uh, Caliri team that was supposed to be relatively competitive. Um, I know they lost Marco Rog, but they brought in Mangolin. And Duncan. fill in that void which and Duncan yeah which I mean clearly hasn't worked out all that well um but yeah I think if you are really starting to look now I think he's definitely in the hot seat I don't think you can kind of keep him around that much longer I don't know how much time he has left uh the issue is though the COVID season right so the teams have money to spend on more coaches that's a good point Chris what, uh, what do you think yeah
0: Probably not. Uh yeah, it's tough. Obviously, like Julian said, they're not in a place in the table where they would expect. I do think though, I mean, you know, having I think Duncan first his first. the game against Milan was his first or second first game time, for yeah. Cagliari, right? First, yeah. So that, uh, Ngolan, I know he was there last year, but he's only been back for three or four games. So I think anytime there's a midfield with Ngolan and Duncan, you know, they should be, you know, respectable at the very least. So uh, we'll, we'll see if over the next few games, he can turn things around, you know, with those two midfielders. Obviously, Godin's an experienced player, and Simeone needs to find the, the back of the net more often. But yeah, I agree with Julian. The results aren't good enough right now, but at the same time, there isn't really you know, a budget there for so, clubs like Cavity um, to have, you know, multiple, there was an article payroll, um,
1: so. a couple of days ago where um, they were saying that he was at risk. His job was depending on the Milan result, but I, I, I don't think they played that bad, especially after uh, Milan went down to 10 men. I think they dominated that game. Of course, you know, the uh, numerical superiority we'll get to Torino in a second. Just I do want to caveat that. Um the, th- the thing is, is that you can't really judge a game like that. I know Livrani was sacked after the Atalanta game, but the writing was already on the wall for him. Uh, so Cal- Calieri's next game is against Genoa. I think that's, the, um, that's mm-hmm. the game that he should be judged on. That's pivotal. Especially, again... Yeah, go ahead, Chris.
0: It's pivotal. Yeah. Yeah, it has to... I was just going to say, it has to be a draw at minimum. And if it's a draw, it has to be a good performance. Obviously, if it's a win, he lives to see another day. A draw, uh, what it's a more performance Cal- Cal- than Cal- maybe in they general the
1: Well, Calderi in general, or different? Yeah, I think of, it's.
3: Uh, uh, I think good points again. The general game is going to be important. Um, I I'd be. Uh, I mean, that's probably one person to look at. I'm I'm looking at uh, Gotti to be honest. After Udinese had a decent mm-hmm. start, like I think that that's. He's my bigger hot seat, uh, just because again I don't think Caldera have the same uh, lofty goals as you know Udinese could have, but I don't know. It's uh, I think it could even be either right or both. Rather, I think that's uh, very very likely as well.
1: Well, you bring up a good point on, on Gotti because especially because uh, I, I watched that game against uh, Sampdoria and uh, Udinese actually you know, was playing well in the first half and then uh, blew the result uh, again. Ranieri masterclass, in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, <laughs> but um, for, for me, I, I was re- also reading that he seems to be safe for now uh, because of the way he, he rebounded uh, from, from early on in the season. And, and Julian, uh, you'll be interested to know that the Unese plays Inter uh, this weekend as well.
2: Um, yeah, he's yeah. in a little bit tough. Uh, they also have at to yeah. midweek, so he's got. Uh, I well, mean, after that, right? Spezia two, like, and then,
3: like a week later. I think so if that's that, if that again, case. maybe that's yeah, maybe see it right. If it's <laughs> if it's a uh, you know laying an egg against Spezia and you know there's just so they've made it down into the relegation zone after three more rounds of Serie A. Like maybe that, maybe that's the point.
2: Yeah, I think that might be it. I think he'll get the benefit of the doubt against uh, Atlanta and Inter, but beyond that, it might be a little bit tough.
1: That's a good point. But, um, you know, there are only three points above the relegation zone. So I think if they do fall into that relegation Mm -hmm. zone, I think that's going to be the trigger uh, for for Gotti. Um, So I mentioned Torino. uh, or Sorry, Chris, did you want to get on on Undonese before we move on? Okay. Okay so uh, I mentioned Torino No no Torino they, and, you guys pretty much uh, covered all the good points there. Uh, so. numerical advantage. So the reason why I brought that up is because uh there was a, a joke running around I I I'm pretty sure this is what what Gianpaolo said was that um that that, that Torino weren't used to playing games with numerical superiority. Chris your thoughts. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't know if he's running out of things to say. Well, he did obviously, get sacked today, you know, I'm trying just, to keep I'm his job. To get your thoughts it's, on a manager saying
1: that type of crap?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know, like it's, it can be interpreted a bunch of different ways. Like I said, I don't know if, if he's trying to throw shade at someone or the, the board or uh referees, whatever. I don't know, uh, but uh, obviously, he was. <laughs> Uh, feeling the pressure and that's the the crap he spewed out and yeah, I don't know it, it's tough I, I think it's kind of um, it's you know coach coach speaks so uh, and guess. just for uh, again let just remind uh, everyone
1: uh, Spezia were down to 10 men for 80 minutes of this game and they didn't perform it actually Spezia had multiple chances during that time um, so uh, he was and and they idea. were missing Zola. yeah Uh, And uh, so Nicola actually is, Davide Nicola, I I thought he was going to go and take over Genoa because he was still under contract with Genoa. Uh, But it looks like he's rumored to take over uh, Torino. Uh, I think they are working on to uh, resolve his contract with Genoa. And I know uh, Nicola ran the uh, training session today uh, with Torino. So it's only a matter of time that uh, he's officially named as Torino head coach or Torino manager. Okay, so next on the list, uh a recent name, especially after the demolishment in uh the Derby della Capitale, Fonseca. Thoughts uh oh, we'll start with Michael Wow. Think.
3: Um I'm recently on the Roma uh <laughs> scudetto train. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to add to this, I think again they're uh, <laughs> being in the position they are just being in that second tier of you know after the bland the teams here. I don't know that it's merited I think like i I guess I can understand why they're why they would think about it, but how do you complain when you're you know still in the thick of um you know, you're in a competition for the for third place, basically at this point, right? So, I I don't see it. I don't think they should. Uh, but if it's if it's necessary, because you know they start sliding a little bit more again, I see two games here where they drew um, they drew Inter, right, and then they lost this last game, which is obviously why we're talking about it. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it.
1: Well um so they actually they actually played Spezza twice this week, uh once in Copa and uh one and then again on the weekend in Syria. Um so so the reason why I believe they're being discussed is the his, his rec his poor record against top top teams. I think they he hasn't beaten uh any any of the top clubs this season and his and his overall record against the bigger clubs is very poor. I think he has like one one win against each of them or something like something along those lines. Um so that I think that's the reason why that's the motivation. I I, uh, looking, I get that, uh, but at, at the same time
3: him. if that's going to get you third place, why are you sacking him? Like maybe like I wouldn't sack him in in the middle of the season if you want to be a contender. If you think that your squad is, mm. you know, first place in Serie A worthy, it, which it's not. But if you think so, then maybe at the end of the season you replace them. I don't think that you do that mid-season.
1: So what you're what you t- what you're saying is this is just a reaction of losing. I 3-0 guess so. Yeah, and I ref. mean,
3: like before that, they were pretty in form, right? They lost maybe they were lost to Atlanta, I think. And you know, going into I know going into that Inter game, Inter were scared to face Roma. Well, Inter fans were scared to face Roma because you know, Roma had started to kind of, you know, show a little bit better form. So I don't see the <laughs> justification to to fire him after, you know, a poor for- performance against Lazio. It's unfortunate, but again, just go beat Spezia, go beat Hellas Verona, uh hell, go beat Juventus, right? Like go do that, then then you're not talking about this at all.
1: Right. Um Julian, your thoughts?
2: I mean I think he's honestly overachieved a little bit with the squad. I don't think it's a very good squad. Um, I really don't think he's on the hot seat. Did he not have his team prepared well enough for that derby? Of course, um, but I think if mm-hmm. they sack Monseca, mm-hmm. that they're going to finish lower than where they are now. So uh,
1: that's a good segue, Julian, to my next question for Chris. Uh, so the the bookmaker's favorite is Sari. So what? Chris, like, what, what is what's your thoughts on that? Would that be a proven over Fonseca?
0: It's definitely an improvement, but just kind of going back to the question, you know, is he really on the hot seat? I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, like you, like you said, Paulo, this is all just an overreaction from. Yes, it was a poor performance, and it was a poor performance against you know Lazio of all clubs. So it just multiplies everything unnecessarily, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with Julian that, you know, I don't think the squad is good enough. Uh, And like Mike said, they, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're in fourth, right. Uh, Or yeah. Fourth, Um, you know, Juve just a bit behind them. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it would be an upgrade with Sadi, Yes. If you're just looking manager for manager, but coming in, you know, halfway through the season is always difficult. Uh, And I don't think that's that's uh, needed for for Roma right now.
1: I think, I think that talk is just for the end of the season, uh, especially because uh, the Freakins came in uh, you know, yeah. halfway through the season. Uh, well, halfway through the year, I should <laughs> say. I think the season already started when they officially bought the club. So I don't think they're looking to make a move now. Uh, so Chris, good point about uh, most likely we'll, if they do make a move, most likely will happen at the end of the season. Um, so just before we move on to our transfer segment, yeah. uh, we mentioned games this week. So I just wanted to give everyone a rundown of all the games that happened this week. Uh, so I said uh, Roma Spezia on Tuesday, uh, the Super Cup uh, and At Atlanta on Wednesday. Uh, Lazio Parma and the Copa Italia on Thursday and Benevento Torino on Friday for Syria. So again, uh, that Benevento trino uh, I'll be looking for that for our, uh, uh, my favorite mid table relegation zone battle. Okay. So let's, uh, let's move on to transfer rumors. Let's start with um, Milan. Cause they've been very active uh, so far in this transfer January transfer market. Chris.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they, like you said, they've been very active. I'll start with uh, the confirmed one, and he actually played uh, today against Cagliari. Cagliari that's uh, Sualijo Mete from Torino. It was a €500,000 uh, loan uh, plus an €8 million euro option to buy. Uh, for those who aren't really familiar with him, central midfielder, you know, defensive midfielder, depending on the formation, I think he bumps Krunic down the pecking order and gives Pioli another solid option to use, you know, when Kessie or Benacer need a rest. Uh, he's also a midfielder we don't really have. He's a pretty strong dribbler. I would say that's one of his better traits. So it'll be nice to have a, a player like that in midfield to kind of break everyone down. Uh, the next one is uh, Fikayo Tomori. Uh, so Canadian content here. He's actually born in Calgary uh, and actually represented Canada at the U20 level. Uh, but he's been playing for England's youth setups uh, since 2016 or 17 it is. Uh, looks like this one's almost done. But uh, Chelsea are asking for a loan with a €30 million uh, Euro to option to buy. So we'll see if Milan can knock that down a little bit. For those that don't know him, he is a centre-back. Um, I think it'd be a good signing for Milan. Uh, again, add some more depth to a position where it's much needed. Uh, the next signing is uh, Mario Mandzukic. Um, I think it's a. I thought he's. I thought I saw that he was going to get two million euros, which is uh, not a bad salary for half a season, in my opinion. But uh, a different uh, striker option, you know, similar to Ebra, and that he's an aggressive, you know, has that kind of killer mentality. So, you know, considering Ebra's forty, it'll be nice to have a, uh, you know, somebody else to put in who can fill a similar role. And the newest one is uh, Junior Fierpo. He's a left back from Barca. It's really just a rumor at this point, though. Um, it looks like he's not really interested in being a backup. And obviously, Milan's got the best left back in Serie A with Teo Hernandez. So, I don't see this one uh, going I so just want to comment uh, on uh, a, a couple of, of,
1: of uh, these rumors or now official signings uh, before I open up to the floor. Um, so, I was reading a lot some of the Milan fans were we were commenting after uh, Mete came on uh, against uh, Cali that uh, his performance in whatever I think it was the 20 minutes that he played has, has shows, showed more potential than Finale has shown mm-hmm. all season. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, Mete's is and Tonali's 20 or maybe 21 by now. Uh, and, and they're just different players. Um, Tonali's going to be a bit more responsible defensively, and he's going to rely on his passing. Uh, and like I said, when I was going over the uh, Mete transfer, uh, one of his strengths is his dribbling. So I think that will stand out a bit easier than passing. Um, I mean, again, no, no you know, disrespect to any of those Milan fans, but um, I, you know, a, a, a nice skill move, a nice dribble, uh, most people can pick out, uh, whereas if some of those more, um, you know, tactical passes, if I can call them that, um, you know, some people can't identify those and they just kind of see them as boring passes. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> um, it's 20 so minutes, next I, I think. Comment cool is on
1: that. <laughs> I know uh, Ibra spoke to the, the press after after the game uh, against, against Cali as well. Uh, and and stated something uh, something I had made me chuckle was <coughs> excuse me, uh, him and Manzukic, uh, who well, could team up to
0: terrify defenses. Something I'm paraphrasing, but something along those lines. Yeah, I, I think it was more along the lines of now Milan has two strikers yeah. that other teams fear, or something like that. Uh, I, I I think I mean who, who nobody knows what Ibra really means. but I think he's. More so just referring to the physical nature of their style of okay,
1: play. I, I, um,
0: so as you said,
1: I, I think it's we'll
0: six months with an
1: option for another year. I think that's what I, from what I understand. We'll, we'll find out this week. By, from what I understand, it okay. should be midweek before all, especially the, the Menzukich and the uh, Tamori uh, deal are supposed to be completed. From, from according to Fabrizio Romano, um, thoughts. Uh, Michael, uh, Julie,
3: yeah, start good with Michael, move. From I, I think um, it was Marquezio who called Manzukic a champion, uh, and I mean, yeah, he's got. It brings that mentality again, something that you missing this year. Um, and if Ibra likes it, then I like it.
1: Oh uh uh, uh Julian before you go I just want to ask Michael <laughs> how do you feel about that like you know you're you're a Juventus fan like what are you like I any, mean, yeah, any I mean yeah I mean it's of, uh, uh, it's unfortunate lines?
3: because I mean you know we loved him as a player for Juve but uh you can't uh stop a guy from getting his bones right like if he's he still thinks he could play he still thought he could play before they sent him off into you know never never land so uh it's it's good I'm Mm. happy that he's back. He's a very likable guy. He's uh, a hard worker. (laughs) And I I think it's, uh, I think it's a good move for Milan. I think again, just to make sure that they're having someone who, you know, for example, if a four-year-old striker gets hurt in Ibra, they need to have someone to, you know, of leadership like that too, of quality to be able to fill, you know, backfill.
1: Right. So it's, I think it's a good move. uh Julian so uh, uh, there's the Milan derby
2: next week most most likely it's got it's going to be his first game I've honestly I've always kind of liked Mandzukic um I think he's a great signing I don't think he'll play a whole lot if I'm being honest um but I think he is a good kind of vice Ibra um but I mean hey we'll see I think it's uh, Milan. They realize they kind of need depth, so I think it'll work out for them. Though, yeah, I, I,
1: I do, I do think that uh, especially the Manzuka shi- signing uh, is a good one. Uh, I know Mo- uh, Maldini made a comment saying that uh, you know we have we have to be mm-hmm. uh, we have to mm-hmm. sign a bad guy, yeah, something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing in English, but uh, he's definitely he's definitely a quote unquote bad guy. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let's move on to, to Napoli. Uh, so this, the um, Eric Milik uh, negotiations are still going on. <laughs> somehow, somehow, Napoli has, uh, or uh, Areli De Laurentiis has coaxed Marseille to uh, think about paying 8 to 9 million euros plus uh, 4 to 5 in million in bonuses with a percentage on the future sale worth 20 to 25%. Uh, Michael, I know you've uh, yeah, I some no, just this today. I, to <laughs> I, didn't,
3: uh, I don't know how they're managing to get that much money out of him. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it was obviously, you know, we gave flack to um, ADL for, you know, holding off and not, uh, you know, just giving him, giving him away. Uh, but obviously, you know he, know, he knows he could get something. And it clearly just worked out that he got uh, such a good number for him.
0: Chris. Yeah, kind of echo what what Mike said. I think it's a bit of a surprise, but you know, kudos to ADL and Napoli if they can get you know any funds for them at this point and you know, reallocate them for you know another spare for Osman and Petania or use it elsewhere in the squad. <laughs> Good for them, <laughs> Julian. Any any thoughts to that? <clears throat>
2: um. Hey, I mean it's a great piece of business. I know he was supposed to be like their striker of the future. Um, clearly, that didn't pan out, but the fact they're able to get something for him at this point in time is—I uh, mean, you got to give kudos well, to ADL uh, for that. I
1: feel bad for him because like that, those knee injuries didn't help him at all.
2: Uh, so,
1: I mean, he—he he did what he did. I think he did. He had a pretty decent spell at Napoli, uh, and uh, I mean, I don't think Napoli fans should be disappointed. Uh, about uh, his his stay at uh, in Naples. Uh, okay, so, uh, uh, Michael. Yeah, let's mean,
3: move on. Two back. big ones are uh, Skamaka and uh, Giroud are are kind of what Juve is still looking at. So I know we've talked about Scamacca a bunch already uh, over the past couple of weeks, but uh, he's currently on loan from Sassuolo, uh, playing for Genoa. Correct. Um, now there's, uh, it's yep. a little complicated where Sassuolo might want him back versus, you know, yep. they they might, he might be staying at Genoa or Juve might be taking him or something like that. It's, it's kind of, uh, all over the board right now, but I think that's the idea that Juve wants to take Scamacca. Um, but again, Sassuolo ultimately kind of decide that, right? uh and uh Giroud again is a target uh yeah. would be interesting but um it's uh it's really up to hold on i'm just trying to buy some time here it's really up to chelsea you know um chelsea <laughs> because uh yeah i mean you <laughs> get the idea right But they don't want to let him go um yeah Julian was saying off there, right? Like he's a super sub. So it's, uh, it could be a really interesting move if, if they do get him. I, I, again, I don't know what, what good it does at this point for this season. Maybe if you're looking at champions league wanting to take a full, you know, run there. Um, but I think that's just, that's one move of many that you you would have to do uh, in the next 11, 12 days, whatever, before the window closes, et cetera, uh, to actually effectively do that. But yeah. Uh, Skamaka Giroud—that's kind of what you uh, are, are looking at.
1: Yeah. So, the, uh, what I find most intriguing about the transfer uh, windows is the domino effect. So, uh, Michael, you mentioned Skamaka. So, the reason why uh, it's kind of complicated is because Atlanta and Genoa are negotiating for for Lammers. So, if Genoa can can reach an agreement with Atlanta, then they would send right uh Scamacca back to Sassuolo, which would open up the move to juventus so uh, that, that, that's for me that's the most uh, enjoyable part is the yeah. the, the knock on effects of each move um okay so let's um let's move on to inter <laughs> Doing...
2: <laughs> i mean there's not really uh too much to say about inter um i just want to clarify though i seen it a few times on Twitter now, people saying like, oh, suiting are broke, suiting this. They're not broke. Um, China just unfortunately decided to kind of ban all foreign investments. Um, they've kind of just gotten huge protect- protectionism strategies. Um, so unfortunately they have no liquidity. So there's no physical money for them to invest in Inter right now. So Inter are looking to sell. Um, now they've come out and said recently that they're going to keep Pinamonte. They've kind of taken him off the market. Um, And I think the only one they're actually still looking to sell at this point is Ericsson. Um, Now again, if it's a full sale, which I don't think it'll be, um, they're also open to a loan. Um, But yeah, that's kind of all there is for him.
1: Also, uh, Verona, since we're uh, we're discussing uh, with you, Julian,
2: Um, So, they are looking at Stefano Sturaro. Um, You Juve fans might remember him. Um, Now, Sturaro is not overly convinced because he does like where he is currently in Genoa. Um, But I think it would be a good move for Verona. They really, really need some midfield depth. Um, I know in their last game, they actually brought on ex-inter-youth player Daniel Bessa, who's been in Brazil for the past year. So, yeah, I think they could really Um, use help. I, I know it's not
1: uh, with transfer market, but do you want to add? Here's your opportunity to add uh, your thoughts on the potential sale of the club at, at Inter. I'll, I'll give you. Two, I'll give you a minute or two just to uh, discuss.
2: <laughs> I'll keep it a little bit short. Um, from what I've read, Sooning isn't interested in selling a majority sale, but they aren't opposed to that. Um, So they do still want to keep majority ownership of the club. Um, They're looking to sell. I think it's roughly 40% just so they can have somebody who can inject some funds into the club in the meantime. Um, Now I even know I saw on Instagram after the game, Stephen Jang commented after the Derby saying great win, posted a photo, whatever somebody commented saying, please don't sell. And he basically commented with a, uh, flexing bicep saying port to So I don't think they're looking, they don't want to sell the majority shares. Um, but again, they're not opposed to it. Okay, so, I, uh,
1: you, I just wanted to, to bring it up because, uh, you know, we didn't, uh, we don't really want to go in depth on, I want to keep it more on the actual plane of, of, of Calcio and not the uh, backroom deals. But I think it was just important uh, to mention it uh, in this case, in terms of transfer, which Julian was mentioned that uh Uh, into having liquidity uh, liquidity troubles. Uh, Okay, so let's move on to uh, Torino. Uh, I'll do it quickly. Just want to give some love to the uh, smaller clubs. They're interested in in, uh, uh, Real Betis Sanabria. Uh, Kurtic from Parma. Buravia from uh, Sassuolo. Uh, Two decent midfielders as well. uh, And both have extremely good uh, shots from outside the box. Uh, outgoing transfers, uh, I think uh, all of you here will be pleased that Zaza might be sent to Benevento. Twinkle dose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh And then, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that penalty oh, literally probably. ruined his yeah. career. It
1: yeah, definitely did. Um, and then, quickly, uh, Parma. I know um, uh, uh, Conti was official. Uh, Chris, help me out here. I think was Conti official. To Parma? Yeah.
0: I think so. I, I think so cuz he wasn't dressed so, uh, for uh, the yeah. uh Calibari match. So, uh, yeah, so
1: uh, you can assume, uh, uh, Parma a very he's good signing definitely help out with the
0: uh with their um
1: defensive problems. I know in the game against the Swallows that was uh that was an issue, uh especially the 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 right back that started was the one that gave up the penalty. Uh so definitely a uh, good signing there. Uh, so Banatiya was supposed to be moving. That was supposed to be all, all done. Uh, they had a snag, uh, his, his club, uh, in, in the middle East. Uh, don't want to let him go right now. They're still negotiating. Uh, so if that falls through, they're looking at, uh, Fazio, Juan Jesus, Musacchio and Tobido. and a name, uh, that, uh, intrigued me as well. As again, as we all know, uh, we all love uh, Palermo and their cookie president when they were still in Syria, uh, Franco Vasquez. That's a name for a boss from the past. Uh, so I, I would enjoy him back in Syria. Okay. So that was uh, the transfer rumors. Uh, guys, did you want to add any, any chance rumors before any, any other thoughts before we move um, on to the Serie B minute?
3: I just want to know what's going to happen with Papu. I don't know if, uh, I, I just want to see what that, is going to bring because I, I it's it feels like it's kind of fallen off a cliff recently mm. but uh papu i'm interested to just keep an eye on and uh, i thought i heard pato was interested in going back to milan too is that true
0: i saw i saw one or two rumors yeah. on that uh I feel like with Manzukic
2: in now I don't um, see that
0: happening but who knows right? I think
2: that kind of ties into the whole China thing all those players are kind of had to been forced to leave that's why you have seen people linked with uh, Gazziano Pele and Adair all those players who were in China El that was right. another one actually um, well, they're all looking pa- to isn't Pato uh, I think Pato's a free agent by the way
1: For, I think so is he? From what, from what I remember, from what I remember reading, I I think I, I think he's know. a free agent. Yeah, he's he was playing currently playing in Brazil. Playing one, in one Brazil. One I would just um,
3: say, if he's interested Mike, in moving back to Italy, I would see a fit at Monza.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. That would be a great signing for yeah, FC Bunga
1: Bunga. I just, I just move, uh, quickly, before we move on to the CRB Minute, uh, Papu, Ooh,
0: what, do we, what I read, Roma. What
1: about Padgett? Yeah, the like, just, just, just there. <laughs> good, good. Carry on. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> uh, okay, so, yeah. uh, okay, so let's start with the CRB Minute. Um, there was uh, some good, decent games this weekend. Uh, Empoli trashed Southern Itana 5 nothing. Uh, Pescara lost to as a two nothing. Cavo beat Antella two one and Monza blew a two nothing lead against Cosenza so and they tied two two, and uh, Spal beat Reggiana two nothing. So before I get to the uh, the the, uh, the table, I just wanted to run through some transfers that uh, will happen or have happened. Uh, so Julian, uh, you may be interested that Sebastian
2: Esposito went to
1: Venezia. Uh, good,
2: yeah, he wasn't playing anymore at spa. I know that was one of the main reasons they sent him there was taking a game time, but yeah, he was riding pine for the past so, month or two. and
1: because of that, uh, Tuminello, maybe the the replacement at spa, uh, former uh, Roma and Atalanta player, well, actually owned by Atalanta. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah. uh Michael, do you remember Frederick Sorensen? Yeah, so uh, Pescara will sign him. On, I think it was on a free <laughs> agent. So he's—I don't know. <laughs> he's out the field, He's in his mid-thirties now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Julian, again, uh, another inter player. Uh, this time Pirola, uh, potentially uh, to complete a move to Pescara and pescara has completed a move for monza player manchin i, I remember watching a couple games how, how a young player you guys uh, think very uh, skillful uh, 35
3: sorensen's 28 <laughs> i'm going to go like
2: 31 <laughs> yeah.
3: wait
0: seriously? he's born he's born 19 <laughs> seriously what <laughs> oh my yeah. god oh that's funny <laughs> Only idiots are born that Zing. year. <laughs>
1: um okay, so let's do with the uh quick, quick, quick rundown of the table. So Empley uh with a four point lead at thirty seven uh thirty seven points, Della thirty-three, Spell thirty-two, Monza thirty-one, Salernitana thirty one, Lecce twenty-nine, Kieva twenty-seven, Porterona twenty-seven, uh Regina in fifteenth place with seventeen points, Cosenza sixteen points, Pescara sixteen points, Regina fifteen points, Antella fourteen points, Ashley thirteen points. Okay, guys, so that's uh, that's the end of the episode. Any final thoughts before we uh, we
0: conclude? No, I mean for me, it's just the last little bit of the transfer window here. See what 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 happens. It's a weird year, right? Because of COVID, not much money is available, so. Well, uh, not as silly as we're, as we're used to, but... Uh, yeah, just want to plug in, always, in our uh, always uh, word, uh, articles and the that come and, up. And
3: hear me begging for their votes, but uh, please <laughs> vote for us. I really, I really want this. <laughs> I want this more than anything. Um, please. That's it.
2: Julian. <laughs> um, I don't know. Not a whole lot. Let's go with a the fourth thing, to end it. Uh,
1: Julian can gloat this week because uh, his team won and beat a Juventus team that uh, did not deserve to even take the field. Uh, okay, so with that, uh, with that note, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, and um, I'll, pl- I'll plug our uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram handles: Twitter at To This Way, and Instagram at RTW Take care, guys. We'll see you next week.
2: <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.